0: Hey, this is Andrew Schlecht from The Athletic. The NBA Finals begins on June 6th, and we have you covered at The Athletic NBA Show. Join us Monday through Friday to hear voices like Zach Harper, David Aldridge, Marcus Thompson, Dave DeFore, Sam Amick, and many more. We will have instant reaction shows after every finals game, plus podcasts to take you behind the scenes in between games. Listen to The Athletic NBA Show wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello and welcome to the Athletic Soccer Show. We're here to break down the USMNT's exit in this World Cup, three-one to the Netherlands in the round of sixteen. My name is Jack Collins, and I'll be your host. Here. I'm joined once again by the wonderful Miss Christine Cooper. How are you doing, Christine?
0: I'm. I'm great. I'm great. That was that was a hell of a match. Um, very proud of the US men's side. I think. Uh, As from a fan perspective, I had hoped for better from an analyst perspective, knew this wasn't going to be a cut and dry, easy win for the US side. But I did think that they'd give the Dutch a bit more of a run for their money. Um, Didn't happen. You know, we had uh, instead of uh, that uh, sort of what's becoming the more normal like tale of two halves that we've seen through the group stage for the U.S. (laughs) men. Uh, We got a bit more of a wonky up and down that was even more deeply unsettling for anyone with any level of anxiety. Um, I don't know. What did you think, Jack?
1: I thought it was, as you say, a a good game of football uh, and generally the kind of momentum swung. I think for long periods, I thought that it was exactly the game that the Dutch were looking for. And there was a moment early on in the game um that I you know I texted US friend saying, I don't like how much of the ball you've got. That that for me is is a real worry because the whole thing about this game that I was kind of considering in, in the US having a shot and the US being able to kind of upset the odds in so many ways. And I think we probably should address that. That a US victory here would have been an upset of the odds, right? This yeah. is the scoreline that is or or the let's say the outcome that is, is expected, right? Anything else would have been an upsetting of the apple cart. And, and I think it's good to remember those things when you come off the back of it, because obviously emotions are high right now. And I think that's fair. And there are certain things that we'll come on to that the US did wrong and could have done better, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Barhalter has questions to answer as well. But generally, when you look at these ones, I think it's important to remember that this is the expected outcome. And a 3-1 loss to the Netherlands, it's not the ideal result. Of course it's not. But equally, I think there's an element of, you look at it and go, right, this isn't a, an embarrassing result by any stretch of the imagination. There's nothing here that you're going, oh, that's a shambles because this is kind of what's expected to happen. I mean, you break it down. And, and I think the, the fact that you go you get the first miss from, from Christian Pulisic, and I, I think it's a harder chance than maybe some are giving credit for it. It falls to him in a, in a kind of off-balance position. He's taking with his weaker foot. The position of the goalkeeper is excellent. But the fact that then the the sucker punch comes in straight away from the Netherlands sweeping upfield and scoring a wonderful goal, one of the goals of the tournament, you look at it and go, well, that's what happens when you don't take your chances against very, very good sides.
0: Yeah, I think we would have had a a different story had uh, Christian been able to actually manage to score that goal. Um, For me, I felt like the trajectory slowly shifted um, from that like very confident hammering side that we saw maybe in the first five minutes to you know, gradually slipping once um, Memphis and Zoomfries did their thing in, in, in the USF. Um, and you know, right from the jump, the Dutch knew which spaces to exploit and they did a good job doing it. You knew that if you weren't able to shut down sort of that deep run down the wing and then those cutbacks, at least I saw it, and quite frankly, as a midfielder, uh, I've been demoralized by that exact same thing. So I can empathize, but like I might have a little bit of like baller PTSD. So it's like once you get frustrated like that and they start stretching you where it's like you're creating communication issues and you're opening up the holes that you exactly think that you're going to get, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. And so I think that that kind of set them spinning a bit. With that being said, I think that um, LVG tactically Set out to play a match that he expected of a young, fast side that would rely on their speed, and even that wasn't the U.S.'s strength today. They seemed a lot slower, a lot more flat-footed than they usually are. Um, the confidence, the composure, um, the experience of that Netherlands side—it um, it took over. You know, like once once they started realizing, like, "Hey, we can just keep moving the ball like this. It's okay." But, you know, until we got that, you know, halftime change where um, we saw a little bit more invigoration because they entirely neutralized Jesus Ferreira, who I like a lot. But essentially, he was just an extra body on the pitch for the whole first half.
1: I like Ferreira too, but I think there is an element today where you could see how raw he is still. Um, and, and there are moments, obviously, for rawness, and there are moments against a, a really technically able Dutch side that you're not looking for that. You're looking for that moment of quality in the final third. And, and actually, there was a couple of deliveries into the into the box where he wasn't attacking the front post. Now, this isn't a personal criticism. There's been a lot of this as well cut but you know yeah. just those moments you go someone experienced who, who knows that that ball is not getting past the you know a brick wall dutch line you need to attack the front post if you're going to cause some chaos and there was a little bit of that kind of hanging back to be like oh maybe it will go past the first man that's never going to happen in a situation like this and, and and i think that taking him off was the right decision i was interested with where he went with with the kind of false nine in inverted commas um because obviously that term is incredibly overused but we we, we look yeah. at it and you think how do you were going to try and do things and it was going to be trying to stretch um in in, in trying to get in behind and they were the moments where where the problems were caused i I think when you look at it there was a lot of the game played in front of the netherlands you know when they were there was that kind of moment where it would be knocking around the us sort of looking for those opportunities there was a lot of narrow central stuff which i suppose is kind of a a relation to that five at the back formation that they utilized to such you know good use today but you know, it was kind of like, I don't think you want to be going down the channels here. I think you need to be overlapping your fullbacks, getting into those areas to, to cause problems. And it never really happened. And then suddenly the U.S. would lose the ball and, and the Dutch were like, well, that's our game. Thanks very much. It was, uh, you know, yeah, it, 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 was, it was kind it of just, bread and butter for them.
0: They got outplayed. They really did because they're even able to sort of exploit when, you know, the U.S. were in possession and you'd have Anthony Robinson coming down the flank, which has worked previously. It's like just that. Urgency to get back to the other end of the field. It's like you're leaving that back line strung wide open. Um, it was uh, it was a good match, you know. From objectively, it was a good match. The the US put in a decent yeah. fight. Um, I think that in contrast to some of the group stage matches, um, got the subs mostly correct. Uh, also timing correct, which I think was a little bit off in, in the priors, um, but. You know, Netherlands set out to do what they were going to do and they were successful. Um, I was surprised to see, I think, less of Frankie, less of... Um, just lost my whole train of thought. Um, Zoom Freeze absolutely had a game, yeah. Um, yeah, Andson Flint Imagine yeah, getting like, goal and
1: assist. goal and assist in a you know in a World Cup game as a fullback and you're going you're not yeah, of the matches. I don't know why that just
0: totally I think I was looking for him the whole match to be like oh no Cody but like they did a good job of essentially like neutralizing those players it's just everyone else that um ended up being you know a little bit of havoc. Okay. Yeah. like they're a good squad you know like i i understand that like yeah, thursday fine. they had no they had no training because of flu symptoms but now i'm like was that fake guys who had the flu where yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean we've got a couple of comments here um samuel says we just got out coached which i i think is fair um lvg played the game that he was he was trying to play and and i think that worked um and and then martin says unlucky today netherlands really just sat back and counted if Pulisic had taken that early chance, it would have been a very different game. Now, I think this is spot on, right? And and you kind of I, mentioned that. Yeah, it I don't disagree. I mean, the first I think goal we was already, so important today.
0: <laughs> we already kind of covered, yeah. We're I think we're all commiserating collectively, um, in that uh yeah, I think uh, you know, unfortunately the US didn't get out up front, and that probably would have changed things a bit. But also, you know, Netherlands, again, much better in the final third than the US, which we've now seen over and over and over and over and over and over again, like, um, at which point, you know, I kind of laughed that the goal that did finally come to fruition was like, so silly, goofy, like, it wasn't the one that you know, is guaranteed. And I feel like that's what that, you know, squad tends to look for. And unfortunately, you're never going to have that perfect ball perfect goal scenario every single time and they just want to like casually dribble into the box and it's not when you don't have a shooter and you're not playing like that um you're it's it's abysmal um i think they were probably better off at that point you know ripping shots and trying to play the ricochet like do the best that you can do but even then it's like when they got the shots off waya getting that shot off and then you actually hand back and see that everyone's just standing there in the box. Like nobody's like, looks like they're ready to move anywhere. It's like, what, what's happening? What's transpiring this match that we haven't seen because they feel like some of the grit that they had, had just vanished. And I'm like, I get it. It's yeah. hard when you're playing from behind and it's a little bit demoralizing and you're all probably exhausted, but um, they, they got outplayed on field and they got out off field. So like, I mean, Uh, They still put in a good fight. I don't think that it's anything to, um, you know, bat an eyelash at. I think that this is all positive momentum that as they move toward 2026, it solidifies a lot of their spots in understanding who needs to be doing what. But I also think that they need to really re re explore um, the situation of striking, who's scoring, shooting, set pieces, things like that, that were kind of exposed this tournament, um, and I know you know people want to complain about a lot of things. We finally got to see uh, Geo for probably the amount of time we'd expect to see him in a match. Um, effective. I don't really think that I, I'd take anything away from him. I think that he did his best in the situations uh, as they unfolded. Yeah. But um, I, I think if we probably would have made some moves earlier on, I probably would have put Aronson on earlier. I think that's my only... Yeah, I mean,
1: he comes on at 67, obviously. There are those changes at half-time to try and shift the, the balance of it. I don't think Bahalta got everything wrong today, but I think there were a couple of moments that you look at when you are looking at shifting the balance of a game. I thought Musa was relatively anonymous, and I know he's been brilliant all tournament. Um, but equally, you, you look at these and think, well, how does this work? There's also an element of you bring on Haji right. And that is the kind of game, as you say, where you're looking at ricochets, chaos, things in the moment. And, and the goal obviously comes from one of those moments of like absolute madness. Um, but you eat, you look at that and you go, who would I have wanted to throw on in that second half? And the answer is Jordan Pethok. You know, th- that's that's who I'd want to throw on in, in, yeah. in that second half to be like, I don't just rough not a bit and see if we can get some spills.
0: I think isolated to just this particular World Cup and play, I'm not 100% keen on Haji. Um, in that role, I need somebody with more speed, century, more, more teeth, more whatever. Any like I just I need more from that role. And then um, I think today was a really atypical performance from what I saw for Musa. Um, even early on when the US were still largely in possession, um, some of these like one-toucher passes that were like no look or otherwise, that's like you're playing the Netherlands they are going to try to neutralize our midfield because they know that is our strongest bit on that pitch you can't afford that because that is exactly where you're going to hand them the ball and it's going to be lethal as they head to our our goal um i think that's where i got a little bit frustrated with him like pick your head up take a touch look at where you're going like simple things that you, that he's done really well without issue previously. That's like, why today? Why? What, which side of the bed did you wake up on? What side? Please. Yeah.
1: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I mean, but also you're playing a midfield of this quality. Obviously, things are going things are going to be difficult, and I think that's always a, a point to kind of think about and 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 look at. And you know, there there are changes. I, I thought the midfield shape was a little bit out, you know, and and it's been such a strength, as you say, for the entire thing. But to be pulled apart like that, the press for the first goal is is a little bit worrying. You know, the, the way that everyone it, it was, you know, three simple passes and the press was played through, and suddenly you're looking at this team steaming forward. And we know that Dumfries is going to do that because that's his entire game book. And the question marks over Anthony Robinson's defending for the third goal are, are going to be there because you, you can't leave Denzel Dumfries free at the back. The man thinks he's a nine. Like, he, he, he thinks yeah. he's a nine for Inter. He thinks he's a <laughs> and nine he's for the I've never seen a fullback like this.
0: <laughs> he's setting out to try to prove it at every turn. You can't give him that space. You're absolutely right. He does the same stuff um, in Serie A, where you're like, "Sir, I don't. Are you are you trying out every single match? Like, what's what's happening?" But um, he's a threat
1: yeah yeah i mean and, and always has been there's an instant here from from ethan he says i wanted aronson and Rayner for zimmerman uh, and ferreira at the half drop tyler to center back and go for a double pivot with wes and moose and i i didn't think Zimmerman was great today i completely agree with that and and actually the change to take cameron carter vickers out and put zimmerman back in was a bold call and one that i don't think has hugely paid off um but i don't I don't know if I Unless would dropped, he
0: would have scored that bite, And best. then he would have been the hero yeah. of the match, okay?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it I would have been like, one of those moments. And there were moments at 2-1 where you thought, oh, okay, maybe it's on. And, and there is that element of emotion about it. And you go, right, okay, well, the U.S. of tails up. It's flying forward. And then it's another really simple goal for the third. And it kind of takes all the wind out the sails.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I feel like I, I'm not as negative on uh, Zimmerman as some people are, but I think that um, with CCV doing what he had done last match, he I, there was confidence. And so I think I could have gone either way. I just think that um, Netherlands knew what they were doing. They really did. Like the amount of composure, um, brutal. Like in retrospect, like obviously not a poor performance, but um, also just like remarkably played by Netherlands. Like they deserve their flowers. And I hope that, I don't know, they go further in the tournament. I hope that Australia beat Argentina. I hope there's major upsets as we go, um, just for pure chaos, but.
1: Well, we've seen some Argentine, we've seen Australian love in the comments already, and I know everyone's going to back the upset generally. I think across these games, um, although I think there is a a real romance in the whole our know, Messi story. So I'm going to I'm going to remain in neutral uh, at least yeah. on 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 that one. And Samuel puts up one last question. Yeah, he says, is it yeah. possible that the MA midfield were tired from playing hard prior three games? And look, the games have come thick and fast. And maybe this is a point worth bringing up. You know, before we we call this to a halt is the fact that you know ultimately we're, we're looking at them and they've had three brilliant games as a three the games come thick and fast in, in in this tournament we know that you know Weston was coming back from an injury prior to the tournament we've seen tyler adams have a you know a, a really physical demanding season at least in the premier league so far um, and Moose has been playing regularly as well for Valencia. It did just look a little bit like it started to get on top of them. And I don't really mean that as a negative way. It's just the way that these tournament works. And actually a lot of teams are able to rotate the midfield. You saw Louis van Gaal do it at halftime, right? Coat miners comes on for yeah. own They're the kind of changes you make if you have that depth of score. The sport. benefit of depth, There's no one really yeah. behind the three.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'm I, certain that they were all tired. I think that they're all warriors and they'd fight through. I mean, you also have kind of a... a nicked up Polisic. like yes he played I'm sure he still has pain it's not like that's not a regular thing for most players if you can play through it people opt to um but yeah I'm, I'm sure they're exhausted this was like the what this stretch was probably the most rest they've had this entire tournament between the group stage and here um yeah, it's, a, it's unfortunate. It's just, it's what happens, right? Wear and tear, and then whomever has the most depth and the best rotations ends up kind of triumphing tactically.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. And you can, I think that's the kind of overarching theme of all of it, but uh, out-tacticked by Louis Van Hall. Now that's not a, there's, there's Which no is not, this yeah, that's Van not, not even a knock. It's, it's it.
0: like, like Louis Van Hall. like, who's gonna, I mean, if you're gonna go out, there are worser ways to go about it. There's there's absolutely yeah. nothing to be embarrassed by that. Like, I mean, that's tactics, literally gold star level.
1: Yeah, I think I so. Know. And 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 I'm excited to see how Lou Van Hull gets treated by the media because he's a yeah. he's a wonderful character and the game is always always richer for for having him <laughs> in there. And Martin says I don't count a back five counterattack as, as being out coached, but I, I actually kind of do. Because it neutralized, as you said earlier, the entire way that the U.S. tried to play. It meant that they tried to go narrow. They funneled it through the midfield uh, and then blocked it off in in terms of the way it is. I mean, if you're cutting off
0: all of the avenues in the back there, like where, I mean, yeah, that's how you neutralize a squad, especially one that wants to use speed over all else because you have the bodies to stack, in my opinion, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I, but I think it's right in the idea that if the US score first, then Van Hal has to change this and therefore maybe you see a different side to that coaching. But in terms of he played he, he played the way that he needed to play to win the game, and, and ultimately that's what tactics is. you know, that that's what you're looking for. Yeah. You're looking that's for a coach it. to play the <laughs> game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Be able to be able to kill the strengths of uh, of your opposition and, and win it out. Um but with that, christie I think we're we'll probably going get- and to uh, call this to a halt and, and let people's frustrations i think seep out power over the course of the day <laughs> it does Fair feel enough. like that I, it does feel like that all this left for me to do is say thank you so much to everyone for listening and watching here on the athletic soccer show thank you so much to christine cooper as a thank you so
0: much for having me this has been a great stretch uh until the
1: next we've time we've had a lot of fun until yeah. the next time, I've been Jack Collins. Uh, this has been the Athletic Soccer Show post-game review at the World Cup. Thank you for tuning in as ever. and We'll see you soon.